The biggest lie about democracy is that it is a check on power, that democracy somehow protects you from bad government actions or an overbearing state. Small statists and classical liberals believe that over tens of centuries some kind of perfect balance of law and power was found, all tied up neatly with representative democracy and the mother of parliaments. But democracy is not a check on power. They have convinced themselves and you that democracy somehow protects you from government or an overbearing state. They barely acknowledge the ratchet of intervention and instead pivot to a mantra of it will be better next time. Better regulations, better laws, better people. And this is where they reveal their true selves. Not as believers in the frailty of humanity, that all people are flawed, but in humanity's perfectibility. If we could just do government better, people will then be nicer. The worst of them loudly promote active government, as if governments are not active in every corner of our lives. And in the same breath as condemning socialism and communism, they happily advocate for state expansion, not seeing that those with even bigger ambitions for the state are eagerly waiting to get their hands on the larger government these self-proclaimed moderates have created. It is just plain stupidity that they cannot see that if they increase the power of the state for themselves, then they are increasing it for whoever is in power, even if it's their sworn enemies. But maybe it's not stupidity at all. Whatever the reason, People now only have a choice between lots of government growing inexorably and quickly and more of the same but even faster and even deeper. Which party delivers the most government, however, is now an open question. Welcome to Soundyport. That was a that was a bit of Douglas Murray, I think, and I had a little bit of, a little bit of pesto. I, I felt like I was getting a bit pesto at the end. Yeah, um, that was quite a, that was quite a speech. One take, Bartlett. Yeah, no, no, that was good. That was good. Um, I've had that written down for weeks and weeks. Well, I think you read it to me a couple of weeks ago, the last time we did a podcast. I didn't know it was going to become a blog post or just. I think initially I was just writing some notes about what we would talk about in a podcast, and. It's been ages since we've done a democracy-specific one. And then the more I read it, and that's when I read it back to you, I said, this is a monologue. This has to open uh, an edition that we can, then, we can then talk about. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's good. Um, I've, I've had, uh, I mean, as, as you know, I'm not a, a, huge, fan of, a huge fan of democracy. Um, so I have some kind of thoughts on it in general. Um, but where did, where did you want to go first? I know you were talking to me before about how they've just, as bad as democracy is, They've just been quite happy to suspend it. Yes. During during COVID, you know, the mayor of London is is is, is still around. Um, you know, lots of way, other way past been, his uh, been, renewal date. Yeah. Yeah, lots of other elections have been postponed, and not just here, around the world as well. That they're, they're, they're doing the same thing. I suppose thing. there's a couple of things. Um, one is the the way that people will equate democracy with freedom, and sometimes they will say freedom and democracy. And that, you know, that, that at least is, a, is a, a bit more specific. But a lot of people talk about our democracy or, or you know, democracy in this country. And they will then sometimes list some of the things that, that they think mean that, mean that. And they will say a free press and you know, parliament and, and free speech and, and things like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think those things are democracy. No, not, not but, in the slightest. You know, and... and and that's the first kind of fallacy. They're not even re- representative democracy or anything. No. We, don't, we don't have pure democracy anyway. Well, but again, you know, what is pure democracy? Um, you know, what, 
what are the levels that you're allowed a decision, how does the voting system work, and we've, and we've covered this before, you know, democracy in one country is different to democracy in another. So just to say that's against democracy is not a very good argument because you might win on one vote in one country with one issue. And if you've just had the same voting system as a country you know, just, to, just across the border, then you might get an entirely different outcome. But they'd both still be democracy, wouldn't they? Of course, and we've, we've talked about this before, but I don't think... I don't think there can there is such a thing as pure democracy because it just does it doesn't even work on paper. Even if you have a group of people having a meeting in their village hall, you know who gets to, there needs to be an elite who gets to decide how long people are allowed to talk for and how long you have yes. to vote for. You know, well, it, it has decisions have to be made by. There has elites. to be a set of rules, but someone has to come up with those rules. You can't even use the democratic process to come up with those rules because then you end up in a obviously a spiral. Yeah, so. We can, we can talk for a long time, I'm sure, about just the, the, the problems with democracy, but at the moment it just feels like there are almost more people willing, willing to hear those arguments, maybe. Well, I suppose there's, there's that, but then there's also those, I think, that would, would prefer to have some democratic accountability at the moment. Where, where there just is none. For, as, as you say, um, you know, term limits have just been abandoned. You know, um, the, the elections, uh, local elections, mayoral elections have just been postponed for a year, but let's face it, potentially indefinitely. And what happened in the UK Parliament, specifically for passing coronavirus legislation for one of the term, which has included an act which allows them to spend lots of money, things like furlough, but also the, the processes that have allowed the, the party in power, the, 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 the government specifically, just to pass whatever statutory instruments they want to lock us in our homes, get us to wear masks, stop us from uh, um, taking in groups over a certain number. All of that's been done with the complete absence of any democratic control I think most people who like democracy would admit it's yeah it's a, it's a tough one because I don't I don't want to be sat here with people thinking that we're pro-democracy because we're complaining that there's, there's a lack of it um, and it's difficult to know how things would be any different because the conservatives have like what an 80 seat majority or whatever yeah so if things if things went through parliament the chances are that have got all those through anyway there's not going to be I mean what, what's what's the solution is you know to have everybody vote on, on, on these things. So, you know, you know, the laws around furlough, around lockdown. I mean, even, even if everybody votes, that's still, I, I mean, I'll go back to my point that I don't like democracy anyway, in that I don't want anyone, no matter, or, or any group of people, it doesn't matter how many there are governing, governing me and, and, and telling me what to do. Um, you know, one 65 millionth of a say is, is not really any different to having no say at all. It's, it's, you know, the, the, I, it's, I agree with you. There's not really any difference between democracy and, and, and totalitarianism to your average ordinary human. A absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you went down that specific example first, because I think just talking about it in its purest sense, that even if democracy was extended um, to that pure form, as you say, uh, and you had a say specifically on lockdown or masks or whatever, then you would still be being ruled by other people. Um, but I want to come back down to the, the, the checks and balances, if you like, which 
again, I don't think is democracy, but that's also been suspended. So I, I, you know, I'm just talking, I'm just thinking aloud here, but even just the very concept that there hasn't been any scrutiny of anything that's been done, that's bad. You know, lack of scrutiny is bad. The fact that they had to amend the, uh, the regulations so quickly because there were so many loopholes in them. They were written really badly. We covered this. Oh, we, we, we trashed them, didn't we? When the, and then, you know, there the were people, and I read other people's blogs and things where they were talking about how they were getting around the, the regulations in certain ways because it's okay. As long as you've got a reason to leave your house, that's one of the reasons on the list, then, oh, I've just found myself with 50 other people in another house, but it's fine because the regulations only covered leaving your house. And so they had to close those loopholes. Now, the feedback loop existed insofar as they looked and saw people weren't doing what they, what they wanted them to do, and so they then rewrote them. Now, every time they rewrote them, they got longer, which meant actually there was a propensity for there to be even more loopholes in them. Close one loophole, open two more. I mean, you studied law. This is, this is how this works, isn't it? You know, it, it, as soon as it gets more and more complicated, and more and more specific. Yeah, and as a rule, the quickest le legislation is the worst legislation. Yes, and there's been plenty of historical... Um, you know, you just dangerous dogs act, this kind of thing, you know. Knee-jerk policy. Yeah, there's, there's been plenty of legislation that is just not even used now because it was written so quickly. There are so many loopholes that it's just... It's, yeah. It might as well not exist. So you're aware of um, Lord Sumption's comments recently about... The, the specifics of the law as they've used it. Is that where he thinks that it was unlawful? Yes, um, but there are specifics to do with why they have chosen to use legislation in the way that they have. So we have in this country uh, the Civil Contingencies Act, what what you know most people would know as you know emergency powers legislation, uh, and most most people accept, and this is in the guise of being born into the brainwashed system that, that, that we're in. But most people accept that the state has got to have powers in case of emergency. And the Civil Contingencies Act quite specifically puts a much, much higher degree of scrutiny, of time limits, of expiries into this system, into this, into this policy. So if something is being done in crisis, that it is subject to more scrutiny than normal so you know the normal legislation because it needs to be fast and 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 all of this yeah I, i'm i'm ignoring the concept here of defining what an emergency is here and that you need people in power to do that etc but the civil contingencies act says that basically whatever they had to pass would have to pass in the house of commons and it would only it would have to be renewed every seven days and basically, at any point, Parliament could amend it with a majority as well. So Parliament had more power than they would normally do over something that was done under the Civil Contingencies Act. Instead of that, they used the, I, th I think I'm right in calling it, I think it's the Public Health England Act 1984. <laughs> Literally. That is so appropriate. 1984, yes. And... And there's an obscure part of that that they have used in order to pass the coronavirus restrictions regulations that locked us all in our homes. And that doesn't have the same inbuilt protection mechanisms 
So Parliament just does nothing. They just send them all home, just as they sent everyone else home. So but, the concept of having scrutiny, I mean, that, that's important. And that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's necessarily... Is that democracy? Or, you know, the checks and balances in the system that have all been brushed aside as well? No, I don't, I don't think it is, because you can, you can have... You know, democracy is about... I mean, I guess it's our can, system of government. Yeah, you, I can, you could argue, you could argue that it's our form of representative democracy. Yeah, but even then, you could government can do whatever the hell it likes. So that if if it didn't like if it didn't want to use this Public Health England Act of 1984, it didn't want to use the Civil Contingencies Act either. It could just create its own one really quickly. We yeah. can do whatever the hell we like, Scare get that one. through with an 80 seat majority, and then do whatever the hell they like afterwards. You know, democracy is not a check on anything. You know, the, the, you. You get people who are, you know, you get classical liberals and, you know, small government types who will say, ah, uh, yes, we, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we want, we want the limits of government defined, um, but we're still, we're still Democrats. Uh, democracy opens the door to absolutely anything. You know, yes. you can just look at America, which had a, what you would, you would assume to be, if you read it, completely completely clean you know to, to be like a, a good system of government yeah but then the constitution can get overwritten whenever they like Gets um, amended, yeah. you know you can make amendments to constitutions you can trash constitutions and get new ones as soon as you, you you open anything up to democracy you open up to the biggest state imaginable um, and one of the, one of the things I noticed probably before I kind of dropped off a clip libertarian wise <laughs> was that if if all parties are in favor of something that's probably it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> you know, if, if all parties are in favour, then, then then you need to. That should you know you, you should have, red flag. You should have alarm bells at least, and you should you should give that proper scrutiny. And democracy is one of these things. They all want democracy because they they all want they all want power above everything else. They all want to be in charge, um, and democracy keeps them in power. I want to I want to talk about a few of the things you said there. Okay. Um, let's put a pin in the concept of, of wanting power for a second, because uh, I want to talk about the opposition, like our current Her Majesty's opposition, and what they're doing. Uh, but in fact, it's related to this very specific. Well, can I can yeah. I just can I just give just before you go into that? I just want to, and, and this is, I, I don't say this very often, um, and if uh, if I ever get famous, they'll be uh, they'll be kind of you know playing this clip. I, I imagine. But you're about to say trans lives don't matter or something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm about to say that um, I've been uh, reasonably impressed. I say impressed probably isn't the right word, but in the, in the kind of in the COVID era, you know where you stand with the socialists <laughs> compared, compared to the conservatives. So a socialist now is the same as a socialist six months ago. A socialist, a socialist you know, like a year ago, uh, they've, they, they've always wanted control of you, over your life, and there's no difference now. They're, they're, they're sticking with the same. The same stories, the same opinions, the same dogma, but they're you know they're they're all about well if you'd have listened to us we'd have had all this control anyway everything would have and, been fine. And we wrote about this years and years and years ago. Just read this book; it lays it all out. Yeah, it's whereas, what we've always wanted. Whereas conservatives and even and neoliberals have been probably the worst. You know, you, you kind of you Ryan Bournes and Sam Bowmans and people they've gone yeah. they've gone absolutely authoritarian. You just don't know where you stand with them. They're just they're, they're moving the goalposts. These small state people are suddenly well. We need a massive state in in these emergencies. Why aren't the government doing this, 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 yeah. and this? And you just don't know where you stand. Whereas you do with the socialists. So you know, give the devil its due. <laughs> they're consistent. Um, they're consistent. Um, but anyway, I, I interrupted you. So no, that's fine. That's a really important point to make, and it's important to to make that in relation to socialists and not specifically the Labour Party, 
because we'll talk about the Labour Party in a, in a bit. Um, and obviously I alluded to that in, in my opening monologue about, uh, you know, which, which party is the most authoritarian and how who, do, how do you possibly now? choose now? Uh, and this is where, you know, I've had more conversations with people who, um, who, who did vote for the Conservative Party, or, or rather, they voted for Boris. Yeah, that's what a lot of people did. Uh, and, and now they're going, but I did that to keep out the socialists. I did that to keep out the authoritarians. And now look what's happened. And I think that's a you know, fairly prevalent view. I want to go back to what you just said there about um, agreement. Consensus. I hate consensus. Consensus is bad. The Iraq War. How about the financial crisis of 2008? And, and, and then this. Those are, the, those are the three biggies in our kind of political lifetimes. I well, suppose. so there are, there are comparisons with the Iraq War as well, because I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but remember, remember when originally it was Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Oh, and they then, moved the goalposts. And then it was Saddam Hussein, well, he, he he's had them, bad, he's destroyed bad them. Man. And then at the end, it was, well, he's not, he's not a very nice guy, is he? So we need to get rid of him anyway. And it's like that with, you know, with, with COVID. It's like, we, you know, we, we, we've got a huge pandemic. We need, to, we need to protect the NHS. Yeah. Uh, and now it's not, nobody's talking about the NHS anymore. They, they, they were talking about the amount of deaths. Nobody's talking about deaths anymore. Nobody's even talking about hospitalizations because there no. are very few hospitalizations. Um, it's just all about the number of cases, which, and, and it's not, they're not cases, they're positive test results. But they're just, they keep, keep moving the goalposts again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. So, so they can do what they want, which is what they did with the Iraq war. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there was an example of the Conservative Party who were then in opposition towing the line towing the line because as you say it's almost like when when things reach such crisis proportions that they all feel like they can't they can't possibly object to it and i don't i don't know where that comes from with 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 regards to a war i think it's i think it is different i mean they didn't want to be wrong obviously and it's the something must be done yes and this is something therefore we can't we can't be seen to not do it don't want to well they didn't want to be painted as pro saddam hussein that's probably the, the long and the short of it, isn't it? Uh, and so if you were for the war, you were against Saddam Hussein. And it's like, it's like saying, you know, it's, it's like saying the slogan Black Lives Matter. How can you possibly be against it? It's, it's, it's all of that. The financial crisis, I remember this. I call it the financial crisis. I don't know what to call it, really. Iraq was a nice, easy one. The banking crisis of 2008. Um, I'm sure you remember when David Cameron was opposition leader. And then suddenly it was like, but we'll do what we, we will support. We will do what we need to do to bail out the banks. And that was one of those moments where I think people like you and I went, oh. I mean, I was still fairly early on in, uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the journey we've taken here. And I've obviously been you know, incredibly pro-free market and small government and all of that. Um, but I, I, I totally got that the banks should not be bailed out. And I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, but the, the idea that things can be too big to fail um, is, is nonsense. It's utter, utter nonsense. That just means they've got a license to do whatever they like because they know they're going to get bailed out. And that, I mean, that's the simplistic way of saying it, but it, that's the root of all of it. Yeah, and the only reason they got that big in the first place was because of government, government re- regulation. regulation and, and you know, Keeping out the little guy, exactly. Just barriers, barriers to entry for the market. Yeah, totally. Um, so the Conservative Party there completely went along with it. And then now, you know, the, the, you know, the party's in power, that, that's reversed. But you've got exactly the same thing, and you've got the Labour Party 
just going completely along with it. I mean, even the weekend, Keir Starmer was on the TV and he pushed by Andrew Marr, I think it was, on, you know, but will you accept what Boris says? And he's like, yes. Will, will you just agree with whatever, whatever he comes up with? Yes, I will. And so this is where I start. Um, I start talking about words like opposition, like scrutiny. Now, even though, I mean, I remember thinking early on, there's a, there's a huge political gain to be made from opposing all of this. I mean, just imagine if, if Keir Starmer had led the Labour Party in opposition to the curbing of freedoms. I mean, obviously it wasn't going to happen. Um, do you, th- okay, do you think that would have been a good thing for him? Because I, I think if you look at Long the, game, absolutely. If you look at the polls... Yeah, you look ev- at the polls. Everyone, and I, and I, and I hate polls, but we've got nothing else to go on. No, but that's because they didn't, they didn't do it, if they'd have done it right at the beginning, if they'd have said, whoa, 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 look at the data. Like, you and I were looking at that. I'm talking about three weeks in here. You know, to say that was enough. To say, no, hang on a minute, the deaths have peaked. Look at this other country, look at that other country, we don't need to do this anymore. Even at, even at that point there, I think they could have made proper political hay. That would have been interesting because all the polls at the time were showing that people were in favour of being locked down. And, and, I, and I remember saying to people, obviously not you, we clearly haven't had this conversation, of saying, oh, they're going to they're gonna tank in the short term, but they will, get to, they will get to point back at this afterwards and say, I've been right all along. When all the data comes out showing that lockdowns are bad, that, you know, all they had to do was say, you know, premature cancer deaths, premature, you know, suicides and, and, and all the other reasons why people aren't going to hospitals. They could have hung all of that around the Conservative Party. They could have, they could have kept hold of the NHS and health and all of that, let, let alone picked up some freedom votes as well by saying, can't believe you've locked people up. I mean, it, it would have been easy arguments to make. It would have taken a while, but they could have been forcing them at this period of time. It, we, we might not have even still been in lockdown now had there actually been genuine opposition to it. And I know this is all wishful thinking, but I think that after a year or two of economic collapse, where they just keep getting to point back and going, well, that's why you had an eco- economic collapse. We were saying you didn't need to do that. Look at Sweden, look at Japan. Exactly. So to me, I think that they made a massive political mistake just not opposing, just be opposition. This is this is massive wishful thinking though, because we we've, we've, we've said in the past that well, why don't why don't people look to economic statistics in Hong yes. Kong and Singapore? I'm not naive. And do that. It's I, exactly the same as that. No, I, I I I agree with you. I'm just saying that I think it would have been a political winner. It never is in the same way that we're you know we advocate freedom. Why doesn't everyone else see that? I, no, I totally I totally get that. It's never it's never going to happen. Going back to the Labour Party and to Keir Starmer, um, in fact, no, not even specific to them. I think this is the broader point that I think you were making, that those people who, even if they're not in power, when they're in these crisis situations, they have to support anything that keeps the system going. Because one day, and I mean, and this is doubly true of this one. So... One day they'll be in power and they want to make sure that the system hasn't just collapsed around them, regardless of the fact that a lot of them want, you know, in quotes, system change and, you know, yada, yada, yada. They, 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 don't, they want it on their watch. They, they want to change it on their watch. They might want system change, but they still want a system. So yes. the maintenance of the system is the number one. And they are committed to this system of getting them there, aren't they? So they have to use this system of getting them there. So they're committed to this. So anything that, that trashes that is bad. 
But in this situation here, this one specifically now, the idea that the other side are showing with the poles and, um, and obviously with their actions, that they're, they are, they are taking power. This is a massive, massive power grab. They are putting restrictions on the population never before seen, in, even, in, even in wartime. And they're getting away with it. So the other side are going, I, when, I, when it's my turn, I want to be able to do that. And in fact, I mean, I was thinking I'd, I'd never be able to get away with this. But now that I've seen that even, even the Conservative Party, the free market libertarians that they spin them as, if even they can do this, think what I'll be able to do. So I'll support this because I support authoritarianism. Uh, but also I want to be there when it's my turn. I mean, they've got even more reason to support it now, haven't they? Because they're authoritarians themselves. So I've got a question for you. So there's, we've talked about this today. There's a lack of democracy at the moment. Yep. Um, is that a good or a bad thing? Because I'm because I'm <laughs> because you don't like democracy. Because I'm worried yes. that people are thinking that this is all bad because there's been a lack of democracy, and then that leading them to thinking that democracy is a good thing when it isn't. Right. So right. You see what I'm okay. saying? I do, but I think that what we can show now is that even your precious democracy didn't save you from this. You 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 thought democracy was good, but yet this. So tell me again, how's democracy good? So that, that's my angle for it, is that in, in the same way that you said that's wishful thinking, the, those people saying, oh, but we just needed to have democracy. But you didn't. That's wishful thinking. Of, of, if, if angels danced on pinheads, that, that's the situation you're in. So, I mean, that's my answer back. I, I, don't, think it, I don't think it says you've got to have democracy for it. Certainly, any any more scrutiny than we've had now would be a good thing. I mean, that's just that's just a given. Even if it means they can tailor their laws just so, it would still probably be better. Um, but having said that, actually, is it better that they just kept passing really bad laws? I, I suppose are you making the argument here that the last three you know, we, we, that we've done about the last three years Brexit? In if you if you use Brexit to term the last three years of of deadlock. We said that was a good thing in Parliament because it meant they didn't do anything else. They didn't have the power to do anything else. But this time they have got the power and they just keep using it. <laughs> it's whether, so I think people will, okay, there, there, are lots of, there are lots of kind of links in this chain here. So there are, they're passing lots of what we would term bad laws and bad regulations. Yep. Um, now, the, the first I kind of... I sort of defined bad, I suppose, yeah. But the, the, the first, yeah, anti-freedom, let's say. Anti-freedom, lots of anti-freedom. But also poorly crafted. Even if yeah. you or I agreed that there should be a law for something, we'll you group, wouldn't write we'll, it like we'll that. Group, we'll group all those together. Yes. Um, the first batch of wishful thinking is that people will actually realise that they're bad. Because people, I think a lot of people still think that lockdown is a good thing, the rule of six is a good thing, you know. Massive if only, the, the, it is the fault of the British people, and if only everyone were to wear a mask, then we wouldn't be in this situation. Exactly, so again. lots of people still think they're good. So there, there's, we, we, one, we need people to realise that there are actually bad laws. Two, we need people to realise that they're not just bad laws because of a, a lack of democracy. Yes. Because, you know, as soon as you, I mean, in our system, you have a vote every four or five years um, and you know as soon as you vote somebody in they, they do what they want for four or five years and that's it and then you, you, you get an opportunity to vote them out 
you know, you, you, get a, you get one sixty-five millionth of an opportunity to vote them out in five years' time. In that five years, they can do what the hell. I mean, look, look at what Tony Blair did when he had his, you know, massive majority for yep. however many years. And you know, we've got. Uh, but you don't even need a majority for this. Just say there's a virus. You do what the hell you like. But I mean, you're, you're right. I, 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 I completely agree with you. The, the, and again, that's had more sway with people that I speak to. They said, oh, should I write to my MP? Should I sign a petition? Should I go on a protest? And it's like, well, I don't think any of those things work as much as waiting four years before the next vote. I don't think any of those things work because they don't care about any of those things. Or they pick and choose what they what they care about, which means that they don't care about those things, they care about what they care about. I think the best thing people can do is just to ignore everything. Yeah. Just carry on as normal. So going back to you talking about law... Um, there are there are those that I I, I I don't think I alluded to them in the monologue specifically. I mean, I talked about classical liberals. We are, I, I described myself as I, 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 there are there are lots of things I like about classical liberals. So I, I think I like I, their concept of rights. And, and yeah. So like let's just to interrupt for a second. Sure. Um, I I kind of went off on one about kind of neoliberals, neoliberals. and conservatives. I think I think classical liberals. I think classical liberalism is still it's it's it seems to be more static than some of these other definitions so Agreed. socialism is pretty static you know that, that tends oh, it, to stay, it's the best of all of the rest of that, them, that tends to stay the same um, and then you've got that you've obviously got conservatives uh, which, which is means just, whatever you want it to mean yeah and it's just I, I think it's Michael Malice who said it, it's just it's it's so it's um, progressivism driving within the speed limits so it's ever expanding just not expanding as, 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 well, as quickly and I don't know whether I coined it or not but uh, uh, what I tend to tweet is conservatism is socialism yeah exactly it's exactly the same thing and then you've got you've got like kind of neoliberals and classical liberals neoliberal neoliberalism tend, it appears to be whatever the hell you want it to be at any one. So, so yeah. like conservatism, it's like, well, in a pandemic, it's all different, and we want all these powers over, over your lives. Yeah. Whereas classical liberalism tends to still be, well, no, that's not the job of government. Yes, we we, we believe that government is should be limited, and these should, this should be the the remit of government, but but no further. The rule of law that is held up by many people as. Again, one of those things you list when you talk about democracy. Democracy and the rule of law. And some people will even think that the rule of law means democracy. And again, all it all gets merged in. You and I firmly agree that there are bad laws. You shouldn't obey bad laws because they're bad. If they're, you know, if they're if they're immoral. I think I think you I think I'll go beyond that. I think you've got a duty to disobey them. Yes. So but there are there is a there's a there's a group of people that are very much on the right, though, that it's all about the rule of law. And this is where, to me, the arguments have been so easy to have at the moment when they say, well, I don't agree with it, but it's the rule of law. So I'm going to do it. I'm a rule follower. I, I will follow. I will wear my mask in a shop. I will not, um, you know, go within two metres of someone. Even yeah, because, because and the argument is... And if you <laughs> want to stop it, then you've got to vote in four years. Yeah, and, and the argument is that if you if you don't obey all the laws, then society collapses. Yes. That's the argument, isn't you're, it? You're, you're right, yes. They think that it crumbles if, if, you don't, if you don't follow the laws. 
but this is I think that you know that's where I started coming onto the concept of of, of talking about power more specifically because I mean, Anne Frank is the best example of that the you know the, yes. pe- the people who hid Anne Frank were, were breaking, the, breaking law. the law and the people that turned them in were upholding it yeah so so you know if, if you and unless you're telling me that the people were who were who were housing Anne Frank were bad people yes then 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 you've got a limit and then then we're just talking about what's the limit because my limit is is a lot lower than yours obviously you're you're you know unless you're saying that you would have turned down frank in yes then you're not saying that that, it, that it's you know it's it's yeah. every single law possible in which case let's have a discussion where it is that's where i always end up having discussions with people it's always about limit and it's the same with we were just following the rules where, where we heard that before yeah exactly but and that's where most people then start going oh you're just trying to turn me into a concentration camp guard and it's like well, actually, for the purposes of this thought experiment, yes, I am. Because if you're agreeing that you wouldn't do that, then as you say, you have a limit to where the law is. And I think we all realise that, well, we do. <laughs> Democracy can create bad laws. And so why would you uphold those bad laws when they're destructive? Dem- dem- democracy is almost designed to create bad laws. Yes. Because it's all about collectivism. It, it tends to bad law, yes. But this, right, going back to your, um, your, your comment there about um, uh, the, the, the you know, decaying civilization or the crumbling civilization if, if, if you don't follow the rules. These are people that think that society or whatever term to use is so fragile that it can be destroyed in that way if you don't have you don't have these rules and everyone doesn't follow them but yet it's not fragile enough that you can keep passing bad laws and that doesn't damage society i mean it is damaging society there are plenty of examples of where these laws are damaging society. I, yeah, well, I, at least of which now I, I, th- I think bad laws are damaging society more than people not following them i would ag- yeah, i would agree it's... with you i would agree with you where do we go from here what what haven't we covered um, I, I'll go back to my point. I'm, I'm worried that the lack of democracy um, is leading people to think that the if only re- we had democracy. The, yeah, the reason we're in a bad situation is because is because of that lack. So that that's my worry at the moment. And and I, you know, but democracy is is people see it as being, you know, synonymous with freedom. Yes. Um, when it's the absolute opposite of freedom. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll go back to my point earlier that one one sixty five millionth of a say in how to run your life. Is no different to having no say at all. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah that that that's that's my biggest worry. And and even even you know if we're talking about let's let's talk about different countries. So you know you can and people like I think Douglas Carswell has has kind of made this point. Um, although he does kind of, he does accept the exceptions. Um, things like you know democracy. You know places that are democratic tend to be better than places that aren't. But then you've all you've always got like examples like Singapore. You know, where you've basically had like one party for you know however yep. many years, no real opposition, yet people over there are freer than they are over here. Yes, and it's a it, you know it'll be a nicer place to live um, for, for the, the vast majority of people. Um, so there, there's you know and democracies are all about the majority, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. So there's, there's there's not even an argument that all you know all democracies are better than uh, better than all kind of you know all authoritarian states. Um, it does all come down to power, though. The, the, point, the point I was making in, in my monologue was that democracy isn't a check on power. I mean, we haven't talked about what is a check on power other than 
any form of voluntarism. Democracy is the opposite of a check on power. It's a mandate for power. Yeah. Yeah. It's the complete opposite. It's like, right, I've got everybody behind me now, or at least the majority, or actually at least the majority of people who could be bothered to turn up to vote once in five years. Therefore, I can do whatever the hell I like. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's all about And power. it isn't that sim- simple, but at the same time, when you, when you politicise everything, then what you do is you create a system which means that the people who shout the loudest, the greatest activists are the ones that get, get their way, because those in power will be influenced by those. And so, yes, they'll do, what, they'll do what they want to an extent, but they'll also do what those that shout the loudest. And so it's not democracy if you, you're ignoring all of the people that are, whose voices aren't being heard in that situation. And we see that all the time. And there are so, I mean, there are, think, think of how many really obvious warning signs there are. I mean, what are the, what are the daftest people that you can, or one of, the, one of the daftest groups of people that you can imagine, right? Democratic socialists. They are massively in favour of democracy. Is that not a red flag? <laughs> is, honestly, is that not a red flag? Because that, that, you know. I do find this one interesting because the, as, as you say, why why have the other side co-opted all of the democratic stuff? And they've done it over a long time, haven't they? You know, the Conservative Party is obviously wedded to democracy just the same. But they, I don't know, they, they, they don't put any limits on it, I suppose. All of this is about limits. There can never be, there can never be any limits on it. That, yeah. that's, that's the whole point. It just, it just opens up, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all you need to do is convince the majority of the voting public, not even the majority of the public, but the majority of voters that something is a good thing. Um, or, in fact, in, in our situation, in, in, you know, in, our, in our society, it's even worse than that. You just need to convince the majority of the voting public that you're an all right kind of guy and that you're better. Trust or, or yes. in fact, not even that. Not that you're, you're better than the other guy. You're the least not worst option. Bad. You're not as bad as the other guy. You get in, you, you know, you're Boris Johnson. You, just, you, you convince the public that you're not as bad as Jeremy Corbyn, which is an outstandingly low bar. Yeah. You get in with an 80-seat majority, you can then do whatever the hell you like after that. Yeah. This, that's where democracy gets you. It gets you Boris Johnson. Gets you Boris Johnson during the COVID crisis. I remember well, it, near, it, it, nearly, it nearly gets you um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn in 2017, in 2017 as well. Yeah. I remember what, another thing I wanted to talk about, and that was uh, the Swedish model. There's been a lot of people recently saying... If only we had the Swedish model, which put Anders Tegnell in charge. I, p- please, I mean, I know what I would have to say about this. Say, um, say what you want to say about this. I mean, I, yeah, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very wary, because I, I try not to use Sweden as an example. I'm very, very wary of using Sweden as an example of anything, because they have, they don't have the worst history, but they don't have a good history of, of government. Um, yep. at all you know they were very they, they were they got quite far down the socialist route um you know a few years ago but in terms of health policy in 2020 that's what i'm talking about um i mean that they 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 did better they, they, they've done better than us um what i've been seeing but J- is japan people... japan is my is, yeah, is always right. my um, my example well let, let, let me tell you my angle so pe- people have been saying um oh, if only we had this this system whereby uh, you know the the scientists were put in charge, 
and you know look what Sweden did Sweden they got automatically you know defaults to, to, to this guy and he knew what he was doing but and so it, I've been saying banking on him knowing what he was doing exactly. our, our scientists what? are rubbish our, look at our scientists but you know what, what's to stop a Ferguson let, let alone a Valance and a Witty from, from being that person any system and so I've been saying the system is fundamentally flawed any system which puts either one person or even a small group in power is a bad system it, it's just about it you will get lucky and with the 250 odd countries of the world Sweden got lucky with having a good guy who knew what he was talking about in charge at that point in time but that's the only reason Sweden are okay at the moment would, would we I don't think we'd have done it any different if we'd have had the you know the, the, the experts or the technocrats or the doctors in charge because all, all the experts uh, have been have been awful yes in Britain certainly I wouldn't want if Chris we Whitty had in charge of that chair <laughs> If uh, if if we had um, if if you and I didn't have day jobs, okay, uh, and we were doing and we were doing sounding board full time, uh, which is obviously an occasional little dream. I mean, look, you and I both love our jobs, and uh, they are both infinitely better paid than sounding board ever will be. <laughs> but uh, it was it was this week after the Valence and Witty show that I thought like there were, there's always little occasions where if we had a, if we had a budget. Then I would do takes on things. It would be you and I sat behind the desk, two meters apart. It would be it would be great to do. Well, no, it wouldn't be two meters apart. Yeah, yeah. But, but it would be great to do like the Ben Shapiro Daily Wire stuff, where every single day he's got his show and, and he just yeah he just comments on stuff. But I'm talking about piss takes at this point. I'm talking about you know riffing on um, on on witty and Valance, the, the two Ronnies or Morecambe and Wise, as they kind of kind of came across this horrible grey set. With these two grey people with their monochrome ties, there wasn't a blue tie anywhere. There was a green tie and a red tie. I mean, they're just they're signalling <laughs> everything you need to know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, they, these are the guys in charge. Well, de facto, what, whatever. Whether they're influencing the you know, the, the guy ultimately in charge um, or not, um, they have positions of significant power. And as you say, the goalposts just keep changing anyway. Um, and pe but people are going along with it. I mean, we, we can always end on a note of despair, which we tend to do fairly often, <laughs> which is that why, why in hell are people not seeing this for what it is? Which is, uh, hang on a minute, we were, it was only supposed to be three weeks. It was only supposed to flatten the curve. It was supposed to save the NHS. Well, yeah, it was all about, it was all about protect the NHS. Hang on, I, I, I pay thousands of pounds in tax The NHS every year. should it's supposed protect to, me. It's supposed to protect me. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that, that. So, on a positive note, there has been more news and more people have been comparing us to Sweden. Yeah. And not, not the Swedish model of government, but just what Sweden yeah. has done. Uh, because they're not in any trouble now. They're, they're not seeing these, these, these rises in, in, in tax no. cases. Um, Where? Again, so wide that, angle that, lens. That, that could be that could be that could just you know you want to end on a positive thing. It's more people are realising that Sweden actually did the right thing in going for herd immunity, and and not locking down. Well, and again, you're parroting a phrase there, going for herd immunity. I mean, no one would use that have used that phrase before 2020. <laughs> um, and uh, and in fact, did you see the um, Valance got into a little bit of trouble? The, the someone on BBC or whatever did a freedom of information request 
on the term herd immunity from the government or whatever and all these emails have come out of when Valance first said it on TV like in early March or whatever he said it like three times or something and then suddenly everyone's talking about herd immunity and he's sending these frantic emails saying help guys you've got to stop saying herd immunity <laughs> well it was um, who's, uh, it was Dominic Cummings who mentioned it as well didn't he early did he? on yeah he, he did I think he, he I'm not sure if he wrote a blog on it or oh, he, probably. Was, you know, he, but he certainly commented on it high very, level this is very very early on Wide angle lens here. The government are trying to stop a virus. Just just let that sink in. Just rewind to 2019 or any other year of your life. The government is trying to stop a virus. It's lunacy. It's utter lunacy. Everyone, it's surely in their heart of hearts knows this. Everyone hearing them saying we're going to suppress it and we're going to do that until there's a vaccine, whatever. There are now countless examples coming out. I mean, obviously, this is just history. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got things like Hong Kong flu killing 80,000 people in the UK. 80,000. Our population was 20% lower then. And it killed 80,000 people. So just to put that into perspective. Spanish flu. Spanish flu. How about the measles? Okay. And the fact that we never used to lock down for the measles until we had a vaccine for it or whatever it is that we have for it. We're trying to stop a virus. We kept all kids away from each other for six months. What's the first thing that happened when they all got back together again? Everyone got a cold. Everyone's wearing masks, yet flu is killing more people. So I don't. Why can't people I, link these things together? Yeah, I don't think that's unrelated. Yeah, it's, the more that you isolate oh, well, masks, yourself, masks aren't just masks don't just not work. They make it worse. Yeah, but but also staying, keeping yourself away from everybody else reduces your immune system. Yes. You know, so and and you know, so kids kids often get get coughs and colds when they go back to school because they haven't seen as many uh, as many people or as many kids as they, they would have done during the year. Yeah. It's getting a bit September is a, is a normal spike after six after just six weeks. Yes. Of, of, of you know of kind of staying at you know just just staying with like a smaller group of people. They've had six months. Of course, they're going to be catching everything. Yeah. Yeah, and so is everybody else. As soon as people start going to work and, and what what have you, they're going to be getting these kind of flu-like so symptoms. Why, so why aren't the polls changing? Why aren't people putting all this stuff together? Are they? Is, is the population is that dumb? I, I yeah, they've, they've been they've been indoctrinated for for years and years, their entire lives. So to the point where they can turn around and say, "We're going to stop a we're going to stop something every day." Viruses are an everyday occurrence. It's not. Said, I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they're thinking that we can stop this. They're just thinking. What are they telling us they can stop it? They're thinking. No, I mean the ordinary, ordinary everyday people right. are not thinking that the government can stop this. But they're thinking that we need to do something. It's, it's. It's. Something must be done. And if we can slow it down a little bit, then we need to do that. What about? It does, doesn't matter how much you, what, how much you can slow it down, and at what cost. What about all the other deaths? What about all the deaths from lockdown? I mean, is it just that the the media aren't reporting it enough? I, I, yeah, I don't think they are. I mean, we we are exposed to that because we read Lockdown Skeptics, which we host, by the way. Yep. Um, and Hector Drummond's blog, and there are people like obviously that. Yeah, Peter Hitchens is, is pretty good on these things. James Dellingpole, excellent. Yeah. yeah we 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 kind of immerse ourselves in alternative views, well, in heterodox thoughts. Well, but and most but also, don't. You know, the, the, the people you're saying there, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be classed as experts in, in, in this field. But there are obviously now there are, you know, there's Professor Carl Hennigan, uh, there's uh, Synaptic Gupta. All, all of these people that are, are fortunately now getting more airtime, aren't they? Mm. 
um, talking about um, talking about this stuff. Um, you're, you're right, we expose ourselves to it more. But I, 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 had a, I had a ranty exchange with someone on LinkedIn the other day. Um, uh, I couldn't, couldn't believe the way he was um, coming at me, this guy. Um, and I said, if you want to have a reasonable conversation, if you want some common ground, then let's talk about the unavoidable deaths from cancer and heart disease and, and suicide. Um, and his, his only riposte to that was, well, none of those are contagious, are they? It's like, how, do you, how can you possibly have a rational conversation with someone who thinks that a COVID death is somehow more important than a cancer death or a death from suicide? I, th- I think that's yeah. I mean, I mean that, that goes obviously more on. But you could, people are thinking, people believe that potentially the world will die out from it, and therefore you really think so. Yeah, that, that everybody could get infected, and it could wipe out the entire population. Therefore, we, we need to do something. I, th- I think that's the level of stupidity really that, that, that people are at. Yeah, they don't understand that. There are a significant minority, if not majority, who are probably immune to it already. Well, I know that the number of, if you ask people how many they think have died in this country or in the world, then the numbers are, are stratospheric. You know, we've not even hit a million people on the planet that have died from this. Um, I don't have the figures to hand, but more people have died of other things. Yeah, <laughs> More people have died of really horrible and things. And let's not forget that most of the deaths in Britain have been absolutely manufactured. Yes. Um, so there were there was like a, I think it was like a, a third of the people who died in England were those shipped off to care homes. Yes. And the vast majority of, of the rest died in hospital, not coming into hospital with COVID, getting yes. it while they're yeah. there, while they're in their worst the, state, the, while they're in the immune most alone. vulnerable people. And this is the thing: do, do things properly, and you get Japan, where they've still only had about a thousand deaths. Yes. We, could, we that could have been us. For a couple of hundred thousand years. Humans and their ancestors have lived with viruses. This is nothing new. And we have an immune system, as you pointed out earlier. And it's actually good for your immune system to train it, uh, to be exposed to pathogens. And what every society has done, up until this point it would seem, is protect the old and the vulnerable and let the young and the fit and the healthy get the viruses. Whereas we're giving a free pass to grandparents to babysit their kids. Yes. And not to fit and healthy 25-year-olds. Yeah. Just one point I want to make before the end, though, is that I don't, want, I don't want people to think, again, that if we could do something about it, then we should. You know, our argument, this, this has been, this is almost like... You mean collectively? You mean because we decide to put someone in charge? Yeah, so this is, this is like... So before, when we argue for capitalism, you can argue the moral case or the economic case. Yes. And this is almost like arguing the economic case for, for, for COVID. In the, in the, what we're saying now is that no matter what the government does, it can't prevent a virus. Yes. I'm saying if the government could prevent a virus, it shouldn't. Right. And, if it, and, and if, it, if it was bad enough, people would do everything they needed to do anyway. If the government could prevent a virus, then human beings could prevent viruses. Yes. So they wouldn't need a government to do it for them. You know, if, if, lockdown, if lockdowns work, you still shouldn't have a lockdown. Do you see what I'm saying? If lockdowns worked, people would lock down. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you needed them. Yes. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got, the, we've got the, there are so many layers to this. One, lockdowns don't work. 
two, we didn't even need a lockdown anyway because this virus isn't dangerous enough. Yeah. You know, if, the, if the virus was dangerous enough, people would stay in the homes. But what you've got now... <laughs> is this going off topic? Probably not because it's still talking about the power that government has. Um, we've got a situation... Is that your silent phone? Yeah, that means that someone on my breakthrough list, and it's clearly not you, <laughs> sent me a message. Um, we've now got a situation where they've mandated, you know, there, there is a law that says you have to wear masks in certain settings, and that's just increased as of yesterday, I think. Um, and there's a couple of other laws coming out in a couple of days' time as well that relate to businesses and them enforcing COVID secure law now, as opposed to just the uh, you know, guidance. Um, my wife just got a message from uh, the karate club that my son goes to and not only so he's got a grading at the weekend and not only are they insisting that you wear a mask to go in and and, and watch them do the grading uh, but they're going to have their NHS QR code and you have to scan your QR code with the NHS app and otherwise they're not going to let you in yeah you don't have to fill it in though well, I'm certainly not doing anything. And I, I went to I, I I drove back from Wales on Wednesday and stopped off at some services around Birmingham, and they're like, "Oh yeah, could you could you just scan this 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 with your phone?" Yeah, certainly, of course I'll do that. Scanned it with my phone, track and tracing came up, didn't fill it in. Yeah, but the whole but the point is there's an there's an app now, literally as of like yesterday. There's the NHS test and trace app. They want you to scan it with that. Ah. Now, obviously. You've done exactly what I'm going to be doing, which is, of course I will. Go to my QR scanner, scan the QR code, do nothing with it. What they want is you to load the NHS app and scan it. And then, obviously, the, the magic starts happening. What, what, what have you turned up with a Nokia 3110? Or an iPhone 6. Because they can't, they can't cope with it either. Right. Yeah. It's only the newest stuff that can obviously cope with this stuff. Um, or, or just not turning up with the phone at all. But this... My point is, it's now getting even more draconian. And I don't think it'll be long. Here's my next prediction. I've had some of my doomsday um, podcasts over the last few weeks and months. Um, I think the NHS test and trace thing and the app is going to become mandatory. In, in, as in, it's going to be just as much enforced in law for individuals as the masks is. And I think that... Already, what you do, as soon as you say, well, you've got to do this here, what it does is it, it forces people like you and I to avoid those situations. So you can just imagine the policymakers. You can imagine Valance and Witty and everyone else sat around with Boris Johnson saying, so what we've got here, we've got a situation where let's make them wear masks. Let's make them use the test and trace thing. So we get, we get to do things that we think will help stop the virus. Let, let's, let's just assume this isn't specifically tyranny and this is them actually trying to... Masks, we think masks work. So if we make people wear masks, that'll help. If we make people do the test and trace thing, then we're going to be able to test and trace and that means we're going to be able to track this down, means we're going to stop these, um, these outbreaks from happening. So how, but, how are they going but, to do that? But, just, just let me finish the point. But, because it's really scary... All the people who won't want to do it, they'll all stay at home, which is even better because they know they won't be spreading it, will they? So people like you and I, who don't want to even be in these situations because our freedoms are being curtailed, we're going to end up going out and out less and less because we don't want to be in those situations. I've already talked about how I don't want to be in situations with a mask or without. 
Same is going to apply with tests and trace track, uh, NHS apps and everything else to the point where the libertarians will stay at home. Freedom-loving people will stay at home, which is exactly what they want. And it, actually, all of, the, all of the mask Nazis, the people out there going, well, if only everyone wore a mask, they want the non-maskers to stay at home. <laughs> how, how so it's win-win for the policymakers. Oh, of course it is. It always has been. And, and, and then when, when deaths and... Well, I mean, deaths have petered out anyway, but even when positive test results peter out, they can say, yes, yeah, because of all this stuff we did. Yeah. But how, how are they going to enforce that? Are they going to say that you cannot enter a shop unless you have an iPhone 7 or above? Yes. Honestly... I do not put it you past, that past this. Well, in the same way, in the same way that well, there'll be a manual way of doing it probably as well. You probably have an ID card for all those people who you know don't fill in fill in this government form. We'll send you a card, and it's got a uh, a chip in it, and then you just scan that every time instead. If you don't have the if you don't have a phone, we can provide you for free with a small device, a small card that you can keep in your wallet, and that'll allow you to go in. I mean, come on, think about it. They will find a way. That will take that will take some doing, though. I think. You think that'll take another ten billion pounds spunked up the wall? Oh, for sure, and it'll be, it'll take them a long time. Put Dido Harding in charge of that. We'll get it done in no time. Because that masks are easy. Because you can, you know, they're, 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 they're cheap, and you can just, you know, give them to people on the as they enter your shop. But I think if you start saying you you can't come into my shop unless you have this this app and a phone that's less than two years old. Then I'm hoping shopkeepers are right down will, the will, date and time that you say this. Well, I'm I'm hoping that people, that shopkeepers will, will start saying, "Hang on, I'm having to turn more people away now. I don't but, like it." Right. Okay. But they've they've now introduced fines up to ten thousand pounds for businesses that don't follow this law. So now the karate club could get fined if they don't say to everyone, "You've got to do the test and trace NHS app." So it's in their interest to do it even if they lose custom because of it. And if they lose custom and they say, oh, government, government, help me, help me, then government will give them a handout of money that doesn't exist yet. I'm hoping that more, more business owners hoping. will... Yes, I'm hoping that more <laughs> business owners will, in spite of following the rules, because let's face it, if you're going to get a £10,000 fine, I'm not going to criticise anyone for disobeying the rules. You know, if if, 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 if if disobeying the rules costs you £10,000, I'm not going to have a go at a business for, 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 for obeying the rules. For obeying rules, yeah. Yes. Um, but I'm hoping that at the same time they'll be voicing their displeasure at it. To, isn't to, that to, all we're doing? We're just voicing our displeasure. Nothing yeah, but there's, 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 there's two of us. And, that, and that's it. Well, and there, I, there are only a handful of other people who think the same as us. I remember we said when the mask mandate came in that we were hoping that the likes of your Sainsbury's and Morrison's, the people who came out, I don't know whether those are the right names of the ones that did, but they kind of publicly came out and said, we're not going to challenge you on. And to be fair to them, they haven't. But enough of the population just have to stare at you, give you the evils, or actually shout at you. I've been shouted at for not wearing a mask. To make it obviously incredibly uncomfortable to do. So I still don't I still don't know where we stand with that. Even if a business then doesn't have the app on there, the business is yeah, just because they, they might take a stand and say, no, we're not going to have the QR code on here. You don't need your NHS app. Well, no, I can't, I can't, everyone else I can't, coming in will be like, you, you haven't done the NHS app. I can't see them doing that. But if, if I'm hoping that more and more people will, will realise how much idiocy this is and we'll just start looking around to lockdown sceptics to try and see the statistics and, and start just slowly realising that it's yeah. all madness. Well, I hope that too. I just think it's going to take literally years. I think we're going to be in the 
in the pit of economic and health despair. Not health from COVID, from everything else. Until that happens. On that cheery note, thank you for listening to Sounding Board. Uh, please share it with all your friends and we'll see you again next time.